We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, hello there. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk on a Tuesday. Glad to have you with us here today. It is day two, Notre Dame, Ohio State with Young Styers. I'm Sean Styers. I'll be old Styers, I guess, if you want. This is day two of hashtag let them stand. Let them stand at the stadium. I don't know if you saw Vince's tweet yesterday, Jess. Um, I created that during the show. He stole it and put it up on Twitter yesterday <laughs> i have not noticed that it's been a it's been a busy day for myself uh, i had to be up early to get uh the lady to the airport and then i was watching ohio state film for a lot Crunching of my film? morning was yeah, a lot uh, of my morning and afternoon was henry part of the breakdown uh he was today actually he was in the <laughs> background telling me uh whether or not marvin harrison was lined up on the numbers or or in the slot that was his job of identifying where Marvin Harrison was on the field. All right. All right. Awesome. I said yesterday that we were going to have the uh, the Ohio State Insider on today's show. We had a little had a little schedule change. So Jesse is going to do his whiteboard today. We've got, you know, without going into great detail, long story short, the Ohio State Insider will be on Thursday's show. Jesse tonight doing his whiteboard. We've got all kinds of, not all kinds, but we've got some scheduling conflicts this week. Not a good week to have scheduling conflicts, but we've got a few. So we'll deal with them. Jesse's got the whiteboard here today. You, of course, live in Cleveland. Not, you know, not really close to Columbus. You're what, two and a half or so hours away? Something yeah, about two and a half hours north. I'm going to be uh, on campus tomorrow, though, all day. Ohio State's okay. campus. Okay, that's right. Are, are, have you decided to go bold and, and wear Notre Probably Dame green, or this. what are you going to do? Probably be wearing this tomorrow. Okay, we'll see how it goes. I'll be interested <laughs> to hear. Are you hearing anything from, from Notre Dame fans? I know you were at a Browns party last night. Are, are you hearing much in terms of of smack talk and stuff like that, or is it relatively tame right now? I'd say it's still relatively tame. Um, I wore a Notre Dame hat last night, actually, to um, a Browns party just to try to be, you know, partisan on the game. I really didn't care either way uh, who won. 
But I, I wore the Notre Dame hat just to be a little bit, uh, you know, see if I get get some comments out of some people. And no one really said anything. I think they were too focused on the Browns game uh, last night. A lot of people take their, their Browns football seriously. I will say, for as bad as this franchise has been, Browns fans are loyal and they are rambunctious. They are. They are. What did you think of the uniforms they wore last night? I like those all. I mean, you know I'm a fan of the all-white uniforms. I thought those looked sharp. Um, it's exactly what I would do with Notre Dame's, but obviously mix up, you know, green, blue, and gold. And, and swap it out with um, an orange and black that uh, the Browns use. I was a fan. I was a fan of the look. I'm usually not a uh, monochrome kind of guy, but especially when it's white, I like it. And the head-to-toe white Cleveland Browns, I thought it was a good look for the Cleveland Browns. Probably as good as you're going to get. All right, so we've got... Uh, a lot of breaking down to get to. We're going to look at some of the matchups in this game. Do you want to just come out of the gate hot and uh, and go into the how Notre Dame defends Marvin Harrison Jr. and company? Yeah. So I will say, so like on offensively, I guess I'll give like kind of like an overview of, of what I was kind of looking at today. Offensively, okay. um, I was looking at, you know, personnel groupings that I thought Notre Dame would run a lot of um, and how those would mix in against Ohio State. Considering Ohio State plays a 4-2-5 defense, that's what Jim Knowles plays. He plays kind of like a hybrid, though, you know, out of it. And so I looked at a lot of, you know, Tennessee State film. And again, personnel packages that I think Notre Dame would, would want to utilize. And I think the important thing is, is like I said, they played the 4-2-5 against the 4-2-5 against Tennessee State. Um so what I would look at at Notre, if I were Notre Dame is how do we tweak stuff that we already put on film? How do we come out and looks um, that Ohio State feels like they can match up well against and then show that same look, but then provide, you know, some sort of wrinkle out of it, some sort of misdirection, I guess you would say. So that was the approach that I took offensively. Um, and then defensively, I just concentrated my entire efforts on what what can you do um to guard Marvin Harrison and then looking at some of the success that he had in the first three games, why he was able to have success. And then again, what if you're Notre Dame, because I mean, put it like this, Ohio state has very good, um, very good running backs, right? Like they have a good running back duo, but if I'm Notre Dame, I'm not too, not too concerned about that. I, I think that they can bottle up um, the run game and McCord and you just got to make McCord, prove that he can beat you with his arm. He's a young quarterback. He's got a lot of talent at wide receiver, but I think if you guard Marvin Harrison appropriately, then you still can make McCord beat you, you know, with his arm essentially. And I think that's the approach that they're going to take. I think they're going to be very physical inside and take away Ohio State's run game. And again, make them um, go into, you know, McCord beating them essentially because he is still a young quarterback and there's a lot of talent at wide receiver. But that's the route I would go if I were Notre Dame. All right. So we're going to be taking a look at some of that. I, I I am curious what you think of their offensive line, because I think that is probably the biggest question they have. And you were alluding to it there with the run game. I think they are at least a decent pass block team. How well they run block, I think, is probably – the biggest question and how Notre Dame does against the ready. What do you think of their offensive line? What yeah. So like uh, some of the tendencies that I've noticed is, you know, and this isn't a hundred percent, I would say most of the time, if they're going to go trips or even empty backfield, it's going to be, you know, 
let's just say 75% pass. And especially if you go empty, it's like 100% pass. But a big tell for them is they like to get into 11 personnel. And it's it's not, you know, I don't, I don't really see Ohio State being that kind of team in the past. But I think when they go 11 personnel, they have to to get an extra bigger body in there to help in the run blocking game. And you'll see a lot of their H-back or tight end, you know, similar to how Notre Dame uses Stays and Evans uh, and, and really – Sherwood, yeah. Yeah, and Sherwood and allowing him to be basically an extra run blocker. And, again, I'm not saying it's 100% run when they go out of 11 personnel with like a, you know, a tight end or an H-back that's a tight end. It's just that they're, they're going to run off of it and they're going to go play action off of it and try to get McCord some easier kind of underneath passes because essentially that's what what it was against Indiana. Indiana took away a lot of the deep ball. Um, they, they really did well in the run game, and they made Ohio State kind of beat them with, you know, shorter uh, passes down the field. They weren't going to give up some of those bigger play games. But going back to what you're talking about, I don't think that the offensive line is a tremendous run blocking as a unit. I think they do, you know, do what they need to in the passing uh, pass blocking, but again, they bring in that extra blocker to, I think, alleviate their, their issues in the run blocking game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The game Notre Dame fans have been waiting for all season is here as the Fighting Irish get ready to play the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if you're still looking for tickets to this titanic battle, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. 
Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. Joe wants to know if Notre Dame having Javante Jean-Baptiste on the team helps Notre Dame get ready since he was in the Ohio State defensive system. Well, I would say it would be more of a benefit if it was a linebacker because the linebacker is knowing of run fits and, you know, coverage. Really, a defensive lineman, all they're cared about is (laughs) – and especially John Baptiste, is is he going inside or out essentially, right? Like is he – is he is he containing the edge or is he getting underneath and trying to get some some sort of rush um, on on the offense? And again, you know, I think what's going to be the most challenging part for Notre Dame on offense is Ohio State plays that four two five defense. And that allows, you know, they have a lot of athletes on the field. Their linebackers are typically, you know, oversized safeties slash undersized linebackers. Um, I don't think they're very great in the run game. Um, and so those are the guys that they need to manipulate and you're going to have five defensive backs on the field. And when you have five defensive backs on the field, um, you can run a lot of split coverage, meaning like half the field is running one sort of coverage and the other half of the field is running another, you know, sort of coverage. And that's going to be Sam Hartman's biggest task of the day is knowing what coverage is run. And and ultimately I like, there might be two coverages being run at the same time. So that is going to be the biggest thing offensively for Notre Dame is when they're passing the ball, you know, noticing what coverage is being thrown at them because of the versatility of the, the five and the four, two, five and, and their defensive backs. Some people worried about my shirt. Oh, well, that's a Fox. Cleveland shirt. This is a Cleveland. This is a Cleveland <laughs> shirt. Got this. And How stupid would you have to be to wear a block O on here? I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, you know, Jeff says, I know it's not, but that shirt you're wearing has got too much of a luck eye vibe for you to be wearing this. And I didn't think about that, but this is a Cleveland <laughs> old school Cleveland Indians shirt that I got when I went to an Indians game with, uh, with Jesse and his girlfriend a couple of years ago. So forgive me, forgive me Irish fans for I have sinned. It is not, it is not a, a block. though. El Conquistador wants to know if you can do a whiteboard demonstrating that Stefanski is Reese versus a blitzing defense. Well, I'll El Conquistador. First of all, I would have to say um, I was jubilated that your Lions lost in overtime this week. That was jubilated. A, that was a, a great, great thing for me. Um, but go, I, I think it, it's actually funny that this is brought up because I think Stefanski is very similar to, to Tommy Reese in a lot of ways. Um, really tries to overcomplicate things. Um, maybe gets a little bit too fancy. And like it, it really sucks now. Because and not to get too far off tangent here, but it really sucks now for the Browns because I st- I still think the Browns should I-, I don't get how they weren't a run first team right like I don't know why they're not playing through Chubb and, and then allowing it to work off of that like they should <laughs> they run the ball why they weren't playing through Chubb you mean yeah they should have been running Chubb like every first down because he's getting five six seven a pop easy after run after run and that makes Deshaun Watson's game a lot easier but instead it- it's almost like like they're, they're making things way too hard for Deshaun Watson. And I just don't understand why, because their strength again was Nick Chubb in the offensive line. You know, Chubb is hurt now. And I guess ultimately what I'm getting at is that's going to put even more of a pressure on Deshaun Watson and he's not playing well. And I just don't see a team that runs through Deshaun Watson um, being very successful. Like the epitome of that game last night was it was like second and one 
And instead of giving the ball to Chubb three straight plays in a row, they didn't give him to any of them. Give him one carry. This is when he was still healthy, obviously. They ran like a triple option. And then on, it was the play where Deshaun got the first down, but then fumbled right at the end of the first quarter. It's just like, what are you doing? How are you not just handing the ball off to Chubb three straight times? Right up. That's the epitome of Stefanski's offense right now. It's just yeah. way too much. I don't disagree. But that was quite a dissertation on the Cleveland Browns <laughs> offense. <laughs> Rob thinks the key to this game, stopping the run, no turnovers, protect Sam Hartman. No uh, turnovers, always the key. Yeah. But stop the run. Protect Hartman. Uh, I think that those are two solid. I, I think I, I think it starts with stopping the run. That is that is first and foremost for now. Well, I just think that <laughs> put you know put a young quarterback in bad situations. Right. Put him behind the chains and make him put make him have to throw in obvious throwing situations. That is the key, and you know Marcus Freeman. I I, I think a lot back to last year what Marcus Freeman said going into the Ohio State game. I think a lot of it's going to hold true and this time around with Ohio state. And I think obviously there's last year, you know, there's benefits compared or there's, there's advantages to this year's game compared to last year. Notre Dame is at home. They have a far better quarterback. Um, they have a second year head coach. The defense is a lot better. Like they, they've upgraded um, in a lot of areas, but to me, I think Marcus Freeman's game plan is slow the ball down, dominate the trenches, get the run game going early um, and then really go from there. I don't think that Marcus Freeman wants to, to get behind, you know, and get into any sort of like shootout type of game. Right. Um, and, and again, I think he really wants to control, obviously, you know, the offensive and defensive lines you, as you want to every game. But I think that's going to be his biggest emphasis is um, really controlling the line of scrimmage. And I, I just don't see the offense taking a, a ton of deep shots down the field like, you know, that we saw some explosive plays. And, and if they happen naturally, sure. Um, take, but, take what they give you. Yeah. Like they just have five defensive backs. They're all going to be really good, really fast athletic guys. Some of the best athletes that Sam Hartman's faced maybe in his career ultimately. Right. And definitely this season, but you're not going to burn those guys and they have a ton of makeup speed. So to me, the, the game is going to be one running the ball and allowing that, that run game to set up some play action and, you know, routes between like, five and 20 yards. You know what I mean? I, I think that's really where they're going to make a lot of their money. Okay. Um, I, I feel like we've, we've been here long enough. I was told <laughs> there'd be whiteboard. <laughs> Fans were told there'd be whiteboard. Do you have the damn whiteboard ready to go or not? Yeah. Let me, <laughs> uh, let me, let me move some screens around real quick. Hang on All one right. second. All right. Tom, by the way, wants to know, if uh, you can whiteboard a Notre Dame end around or reverse for a touchdown, I'm sure you can. You can whiteboard one, but <laughs> whether or not it happens, whether that translates, thing. yeah, that's right. I was told it would be boards of white. Yes, Thank you, David. David. <laughs> we are getting there. So Every, everyone's um, waiting for the whiteboard. So what do you got? What What are we going to start with here? Let's go with. It's so hard to tell. Sorry, which screen is which? I think, yep, this is the one I want. They're right your computers. Shouldn't you know? Well, this? I got like I got like five tabs up of this. Like <laughs> I don't. I yeah, I white. I have five different whiteboards. So that's how you should know. I have a lot of whiteboard material. There. Wow. I have five separate whiteboards. Um, five whiteboards. So. Right. So what are we going to look at here first? Let me zoom let in. Me there give a us little a little bit of zoomy action. Doop 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 doop. doop. 
Okay, so I think a lot of the bulk of what I like to talk about or takes up most of the time is the offense. So I kind of want to start with defense first. And I, I hinted at this a little bit earlier. You know, what what is Notre Dame got to do in order to win this game? Well, they got to shut down um, the run game and force Kyle McCord to throw the ball. And I, I don't think they'll struggle in the run game. They haven't all year and they have physical defensive linemen um, and linebackers. So I'm going to focus on um, Marvin Harrison Jr. And, you know, he's the best player on the field, right? Like, yeah. you, you got to shut him down if you're going to win this game. And most importantly, you know, you can't you can't allow the the, the one play 50 yard type play, you know, bailing them out, getting a big chunk. You got to make them earn every yard and go down the field methodically um, if they're going to score. So this is a formation that Ohio State likes to get into a lot. It's I mean, it's a common formation in football. Um, you, you have uh, ball on the right hash trips to the left side and then one wide receiver and the running back to the boundary side. Um, this is how I imagine Notre Dame would would line up in this front or I guess not front, but uh, look, this is kind of how they've lined up to trips in the past. Um, but the main thing with looking the, the first thing that you have to look at um, in terms of Marvin Harrison Jr. is where is he lined up on the field? Because that is going to dictate a lot, a lot of things. First, you got to look, is he lined up in the slot or is he more so lined up, you know, on the numbers and the numbers could be either way. He could be the single receiver into the boundary um, or he could be the number wide receiver, you know, the three, num the three wide receiver to the field side. But I think there's going to be automatic checks depending on where like the safety is going to be checking their coverage based off of where Harrison lines up um, per play. And again, that the first thing you got to, you got to notice is, is he in the slot? Um, or is he more, you know, spread out, flanked out towards the, the numbers? And because that's going to change overall what kind of coverage that you play, uh, depending on where he's lined up, right? Um, if he's in the slot, so let's let's get rid of um, a couple of these boxes. If he's in the slot, I imagine um, what Notre Dame is going to do is they're going to play some sort of cover for kind of a man concept. And, and what that means is whoever is the guy over top of Marvin Harrison Jr. And I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if they're going to have someone travel with them the whole game or if it's, it's just going to be dependent on where he's on the field. But this guy right here is going to be in some sort of man concept. Um, and, and then from there, Again, you're going to get into probably uh, more so of like a cover four. So this defensive back would take this quarter. Uh, this safety would kind of rotate to this quarter. Um, this defensive back would take this quarter. Um, and then this, you know, nickel safety, you know, whatever it might be, corner, he would probably drop off into a quarter as well. Um, but the main thing with Marvin Harrison in the slot, if you're going to run a kind of a cover four um, man look, is – you got to have basically two people accounting for Marvin Harrison at the same time. So you got to have one guy locking him up on man to man underneath. And then over top, you're going to have some sort of safety. Right. And so this is basically a double team with a nickel and a safety um, and, and really, you know, pressing him off the line of scrimmage and then having someone more or less over the top, because if he wants to run underneath, okay, that's fine. You're going to have a man travel with him the entire time. You're going to take your chances and then for anything deeper down the field, that home run ball, you're going to have a safety again, whoever it is, depending on, you know, where they're rolling the cover for coverage. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have another guy 
kind of over top bracketing. But that's that's how I would see him or Notre Dame kind of covering that kind of look if Marvin Harrison is out of the slot. And I will say the most important part about guarding Marvin Harrison Jr., no matter if he's in the slot, if he's in the outside, uh, wherever he is on the field, the number one thing that Notre Dame has to do, um, and then this is goes back to like every defense does. This is a big concept. It's called match, carry, and deliver, right? And so when I was watching a lot of Youngstown State, Indiana, um, Western Kentucky film, you know, Marvin Harrison really didn't do much against Indiana, but against some of these Youngstown State and Western Kentucky teams, the biggest issue that they did is they were just allowing him to free release, right? Like there was there was no one checking him underneath, and then it basically became one defender, you know, over top trying to guard him. And I just mm-hmm. – I don't understand how that was ever the game plan. But when you match, carry, and deliver, what that means is matching underneath with a guy – no matter what, you gotta you got to get hands on him. You gotta match up on him, and then it, no matter where he goes on the field, again, if this is you know him out of the slot and you're in a man look and, and a cover four over the top, this guy is going to match. And he's going to carry him no matter where he goes on the field. If it's more of a shallow thing, he's going to match, carry, and deliver to this linebacker. To right, he's going to deliver yeah. to the next guy. You can't you can't allow Marvin Harrison to basically have no one on him or to run feet run free. You have to match carry him across the field, wherever that might be. And then you deliver him to the next guy that's going to be responsible for him. Right. And so again, whether that's underneath to these linebackers or maybe, you know, deeper over top to the safety, you got to carry him. You, there's got to be someone in his hip pocket at all times. So that's the, that's the biggest thing to me is no matter where he is on the field. I know I, I repeat a lot of things, but you have to match him. You have to carry him, and you have to deliver, deliver. Him to the him to the next defender. That's carry deliver. Saying, you have to do it, um, no matter what. So, will there be a quiz at the end of this? Will you be <laughs> will you be grading us on our responses when you bark out? <laughs> if we don't know match carry deliver, will we get in trouble? Let me ask you this: I want to go back to what you were kind of talking about before, because as you said, he's going to line up in some different spots all over the field and you started off with him being in the slot. Are you saying, I, I want to, I, I think I heard you say this, but I want to make sure. So are you saying that Notre Dame needs to, like they, they need to dictate what their coverage is based on where he lines up? Is that kind of, or, yes, or is it? hundred okay. percent. If he's a slot receiver, I think you're going to get into a different, different coverage than if he's the outside wide receiver. Okay, so so what so what happens then if he's the outside receiver? Yeah, so again, if he's the outside wide receiver and, and maybe it's the three the three wide receiver um, to this boundary side, or or maybe he's the the lone wide receiver here um, to the boundary side. I might have got that mixed up. If he's the lone wide receiver to the field side or lone wide receiver um, to the boundary side. Uh, it's 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 a different sort of coverage, and I think that what you would get into is more like split coverage. I was just talking about how Ohio state's probably going to split the field and run, you know, different coverages. I think this is what Notre Dame would do um, as well. So let's say we draw a line kind of in the middle of the field here. um, And let's say for this sake, 
Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the outside receiver to the trip side. Um, what that means is you're going to kind of you're going to roll up to his side, right? Like you're, you're going to you're going to especially if it's the trip side, you're going to roll up to his side and you're going to have um, a safety, you know, safety kind of help more so to his side. And I think what you would see in this case is you would see a, a cover two to his side with man underneath again, because like Notre Dame, there, there is no reason that Marvin Harrison should get a free release at any time in this game. So no matter if he's in the slot or the outside receiver, there's going to be someone on him uh, now. And, and what that means is, again, this guy is going to be, you know, manned up underneath and then he's going to have over top health. And so when he's the outside wide receiver in this case, of having more of a cover four on the backside, I think what you would see is uh, a cover two um, sort of look with man underneath, and then you would probably play um, man to the backside. So I think what that would look like, in my opinion, uh, let me get the telestration back up and a different color here. Let's go with green. Um, these, you know, this guy would be manned up with Marvin Harrison underneath. Um, and if they if they get into a cover two look, this safety would kind of be playing this half of the field. Uh, this safety would kind of probably drop and play down the seam on his side of the field. Um, and, and then you'd have, you know, this DB kind of in the flat area. And again, the backside guy would be manned up. This linebacker would be kind of flat to curl. Um, and this linebacker would be flat to curl to kind of, you know, take care of the stuff underneath. Um, but yeah, it's basically going to be, you know, if he's in the slot or outside, there's going to be a corner pressed up. They're going to run man underneath. And then depending on if he's in the slot or outside, it's going to be more so, you know, dictating over top help as if they're in cover four or if they're in cover two. But I, I see a lot of if he's in the slot, you'll see more cover four. And then if he's in uh, cover two, you'll see the, the defense split down the middle and it'd be like a cover two man look uh, to Harrison's side in that instance. So. I, I want to ask you because like we got a question about Julian Fleming. I mean, obviously we don't know who's going to be cover him. I mean, the way Notre Dame typically works is you stay on one side or the other. You don't necessarily follow a guy around Marvin Harrison jr. Obviously I think commands the most attention. He's, you know, he's going to be a first round draft pick, but they do have other guys, whether it's Fleming or Emeka Egbuka or, you know, it's a it, it's a very talented group, but again, I just want to check and and you know kind of based on what you're saying, Harrison, in your estimation, is the kind of guy who demands constant attention. And even though these other guys are good, you're saying that you can live with uh... you can live with them beating you. Okay, and and the thing is too, like I, I let me give this the, the best comparison that I think I can do. I believe that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the Justin Jefferson of college football. Okay. Justin Jefferson is on like an insane pace, right? Like he plays for the Vikings. Um, he's he's the number one focal point on that offense. They still try to double him um, and, and they, they they don't have a lot of success. But I, I see Marvin Harrison Jr. as the same type of player where like it, even in with, you know, two guys accounting for him, he can still he could still do some damage to you. Um, but I, I do think he, he's going to dictate coverage and he's always going to require two people on him, one guy underneath and, and sort of, you know, pressing him man off the line of scrimmage. 
And then again, having a safety kind of help over the top, whether or not that's cover four or cover two. Um, and then, and then of course they're going to get into some, you know, some nuances off of this stuff. They'll probably bring some sort of blitzes. Um, they'll show a couple things early. And that's the thing about Al Golden is he's not just going to do the same thing the entire game. He's going to mix it up. He's going to show different blitzes, different looks. Um, maybe he tries to, you know, play a little bit more of cover to robber in this instance where, you know, one, one of the safeties is robbing underneath the field and the other safety is the over top guy on Harrison. Um, whatever it might be. I do think that again, it's, it's man underneath and then cover four, cover two um, over top of them. But the, okay. the main thing again is match carry deliver because in so many of these games, like Marvin Harrison was just getting like free releases off the, off to the sideline. He's wide open for a touchdown. It's like, how is that ever in a game plan? What you want to do is leave him, you know, with no, no help over top and, and just streaking down the field. I, I really don't understand how some of those teams kind of went after game planning for him. But I think he's the guy that you have to limit because, you know, the, the run game will be what it is. They'll get some runs here and there, but you got to limit the home run ball. You got to make Kyle McCord beat you. Um, and you can't allow him to get the ball downfield to Marvin Harrison Jr. And look, the, Al Golden's defense did a good job of that last year. They, he, they, they did a good job of making CJ Stroud, who obviously ended up being the number two overall pick. They made him, and this talented group of receivers earn what they got against them last year. You know, it was, it really obviously came down to one play that stands out to everybody, you know, in, in, in terms of the late touchdown pass on, on the zero blitz at the end. I mean, other than that, it was a really good night for the secondary for the most part. All right. What else you got on this? Anything else on this or you want to move? That on? is, I, I believe that has maxed me out on, on the, the Marvin Harrison right. Jr. coverage. Got our fill, but it was a good fill. <laughs> uh, and now that, that concludes Notre Dame's kind of defensive approach, um, in my opinion. And, and now I would like to go into the, the more fun part, um, how Notre Dame is going to rack up points and beat Ohio State. So um, this is... Again, kind of going back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show, giving a little, you know, prelude or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there are certain looks that Notre Dame is going to get into that they've shown before and then start to, you know, they'll, they'll run them. Don't get me wrong, but then they'll, they'll start to work some variations off of them, some little things um, here and there to kind of deceive the defense. So um, what I expect out of Notre Dame is a ton of 11 personnel. And if they go 11 personnel, I think they're going to go a lot of trips. Um, and then if they're not in 11 personnel, I think it's going to be 12 personnel. So ultimately, um, there's going to be a heavy dosage of 11 and 12 personnel in this game. And I think the main reason for that is they want to establish the run game early. Um, obviously if you have 11 personnel, it means you have one tight end, 12 personnel means you have two tight ends. Mm -hmm. Those are bigger bodies to, to get into the trenches and, you know, establish that line of scrimmage, um, and, and run the ball. So I think that's going to be the main concern and they're going to, going to work off of it, um, after that, but this play right here um, is my favorite play that they've had the entire season. This came against Tennessee State. Um, this is against the four-two-five defense, um, and the reason why this play is successful is because you are displacing the Sam linebacker or the Rover, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the Sam linebacker in this instance is. This guy right here. And, and when you go trips to the opposite side of this formation, 
Um, and again, this is 11 personnel uh, with the tight end into the boundary and the trips out to the field side. And so when you go trips out to the field side, this Sam or Rover linebacker has to essentially split the difference between the last guy in the line of scrimmage um, and the first wide receiver or the first immediate threat of a wide receiver to his side. Um, so what's that do? Again, that displaces him. So that gets him out of the box. And now you have six guys on the, in the box for Notre Dame, six guys in the box for Ohio State. Um, you got to win this matchup. So this play was against Tennessee State. And for the people that can see this, I put nice colored boxes around who ends up blocking who in this scenario. Um, so we'll just kind of go through it here um, as the colors depict. You're going to pull the right guard. He's going to close off on the first linebacker that he sees. The tight end is going to close off the defensive end. Um, the backside guard is going to pull around and, and look to seal off the, the backside linebacker that's filling over the top. Um, and then the left tackle, in this case, lets the defensive end go because you know the play is not to his side. And he is immediately trying to work up to the safety to the boundary side um, and wall him off. And then the running back takes the handoff and he's got a, you know, an, a, a convoy around this corner and you're going up the field. This was the Jeremiah Love touchdown against Tennessee State. And again, this is a big this is what breaks a 4-2-5 defense, running the ball into the boundary and putting trips to the other side because you have to have three defensive backs to account for the trips the other way. Um, so that leaves one safety to the field side, the weak side safety. And then you also displace this Sam linebacker. So, again, you just get a really favorable um, numbers in, in the box in terms of the run game. So this is a big concept that I would see Notre Dame do it, continuing to do is running a lot of power or pulling guards into the boundary and allowing the trips to displace, you know, the second level, essentially, that that two five of the defense, the linebackers and the, and the safeties and corners is when you, when you put these trips out here really far, like notice all of these wide receivers, none of them are inside the hash. Mm -hmm. That is by design. You want to displace these guys out here and make them, you know, just make that spacing a little bit better um, and, and give your running back and, and offensive lineman a good advantage of running this kind of power scheme um, into the boundary. So this is a big concept that I see Notre Dame doing again, and that is um, out of 11 personnel. So, um, immediately what you look at next is how do we show, you know, how do we show maybe some sort of counter um, into this or, or, you know, what, what kind of wrinkle can we run out of this? And I think a big thing, if you're Notre Dame in this instance, um, you, you have to be able to run the ball first and then sell the play action next. So if you run the, if you show that same look um, and, and then, you know, you allow, it, it looks like, I, I think, in terms of the passing game, the tight ends are going to have a huge, huge, huge day. And the reason why I say that is because they're going to be able to manipulate these linebackers and the play action game will cause these linebackers to step up and these tight ends will be able to just kind of leak out right behind them, nice and underneath things, right? And I think that's – I was talking earlier where Notre Dame has to make their money in the pass game. There's two levels, the safety level – and the linebacker level. You want to be in between those levels if you're Notre Dame. You want the linebackers to step up and you want your tight ends or you know maybe your slot wide receiver kind of get behind them and then just just be underneath those those safeties and defensive backs, right? And so as soon as they catch the ball, these defensive backs have to come up and make a play on the ball. So 
if Notre Dame gets into, you know, a heavy play action on this play, I think what that looks like is some sort of crossing routes over the middle. You know, tight end is crossing this way. Um, number three wide receiver is crossing the other way. And then you just allow these other guys to kind of flood out the zone, maybe have them run a streak uh, or, you know, maybe a post over the middle. And, and what that's going to do is, again, it's going to get some of these defensive backs to take a step back. Um, and then it's going to allow – Just open up more space. Yeah, right. Exactly. That zone I was just showing you about of, you know, these these defensive backs are going to have to take a step back to honor some of these deeper routes. And if you hit a play action, these linebackers are steading, stand, stepping up. So what does that do? It makes that zone into the middle of the field um, even bigger, right? Just over top of the linebackers, just underneath the safeties. And you're going to accomplish that with, again, some some really good tight ends who can catch the ball, Holden Stays, Mitchell Evans, um, and then like fast Chris Tyree out of the slot working over in the middle of the two because as soon as he catches the ball, he's going up the field. So that's what I would look for out of this look, right? Like you, you just show a nice – uh, pulling guard, you know, power run into the boundary, and then you hit a play action off of that, and you allow your kind of two intermost wide receivers to run some sort of like um, underneath, you know, flood scissors, concept. scissors yes. concept, yeah, yeah, scissors concept. I think that's that's the best way to do it. But I think like get Great House and Tobias out of your mind for this game. I think Chris Tyree, Jaden Thomas, Mitchell Evans, Holden Stays, those guys over the middle are going to be, you know, big targets, right? Slants, crosses, scissors, whatever you want to call it, just short routes over the middle are what they're going to make their money off of. And again, it's, 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 it's big body tight ends, right? Like those are, that's an easy five or six yards um, every time. And then if you want to get the ball to maybe, you know, Chris Tyree or Jaden Thomas, those are guys with a little bit more speed who can make a guy miss and then they're gone, you know, up the sideline or something like that. So, so you're answering Brian's Brian NY's, question he said driscoll said tyree had nine offensive snaps last week and he's a- asking over under 15 this week and based on what you're saying you're uh you're you're saying heavier doses of chris tyree for this game and this opponent yeah just because of what he can do uh you know i, I was listening to a podcast with him last uh last week at some point and the the thing that he talked about the most and the reason why he loves playing wide receiver is because he's able to get the ball in open space more, and that's where he really thrives. And so, again, that's what you have to do with Chris Tyree is short route over the middle, drop it to him, and let him do his thing um, in space. So I, I imagine a lot of that. Anthony's saying he- – he hopes you're right about 11 personnel. Don't think a heavy dose of 13 will work Saturday. I know I, mean, I think that had more to do many... about central Michigan, didn't it? Yeah. And 13 just brings too many guys into the box against Ohio state. You, you want, so you want to spread them out and try to get favorable matches um, within the box. So that is 11 personnel. Um, and again, what I kind of expect them to do um, out of 11, I think 11 personnel is going to be more power runs and power runs into the boundary. Um, and then when, and then um, let me get into a little bit of 12 personnel now, because 12 personnel is, is mainly going to be the same, um, but with just a couple wrinkles. So if you want to bring up that screen, yep, uh, that is the next one on the docket. So, the big, like I said, the big difference between eleven personnel is you're going to see eleven personnel with a lot of displaced trips, trips um, to to really you know get numbers in the box and be able to to run 
um, on the outside into the boundary. But if Notre Dame is going to go 12 personnel, I don't think they give a darn about the outside edges. That's that's Audric estimate up the middle um, every single time. And, and I think that that's going to be the biggest difference between 11 personnel and 12 personnel to me is the type of run schemes that you'll see. I think out of 12 personnel, they're just going to go big on big and really try to run the ball up the middle. And then 11 personnel is, again, more kind of power runs out on the edge uh, with pulling guys around the corner type of situation. But 12 personnel um, and this look, and I'll, I'll kind of diagram this one really quickly. But, again, this one's this one's really simple to me. This is mano y mano. This is we're going big on big, and you guys figure out how to stop us because each of these guys is just going to be blocking straight ahead, blocking straight ahead, blocking straight ahead, blocking straight ahead. And they're going to hand the ball to Audric and tell Audric to do his thing. You know what I mean? Like he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a big guy. Um, he, he's got speed. Get, once he get, gets to that get small level. in that hole, big boy, that's, yeah. that's kind of what it's about, right? It's and it, it, this is, this is the matchup that's going to dictate the game to me because if Notre Dame can bully them out of 12 personnel and run the ball up the middle, it is going to be a very long day for Ohio State. And by the time the fourth quarter comes around, I don't think they want to be playing anymore or even think about having to tackle Audrick Estime. But there's nothing – again, there's nothing crazy out of 12 personnel that I think Notre Dame does um, in terms of the run game. I, I think that's – everyone knows what's coming in the stadium is mano a mano, um, and, and we're going to try to run the ball down your throat and get three to four yards um, every time. So that's – Really, that's what I expect out of 12 personnel in terms of the run game. Um, and then let's get into a little bit of the passing game. And again, um, what's going it, to, it's the same kind of concept out of the 11 personnel. Um, but instead of having, you know, Chris Tyree as your, I guess, second scissor man, you now have two tight ends kind of running basically the same sort of um, scissor concept. But um, what, what makes this four, two, five hard. And I talked about it a little bit earlier in the past game is, um, it, it's just, they, they can play different coverages, uh, on different halves of the field because they have five defenders. And so it's hard to know pre-snap what they're doing. Um, so for Sam Hartman, that's going to be a, a really big challenge, but I think the play action game is what's going to ultimately help him because it slows it down. And then it gets these linebackers and defensive backs to kind of give their tell, right? Like show their hand a little bit of what's going on. So he hits a play action and then he can kind of, you know, diagnose it a little bit better as the play um, is developing. And I, that, that sounds very scary unless you have a quarterback like Sam Harton because of just how experienced he is. Like if this was Tyler Buckner last year, like this is, that's the difference, right? Like Tyler Buckner can't hit a play action and, and read a defense <laughs> and tell you what defense is being run on, on which half of the field. Uh-huh. But Sam Hartman can do that and he can do it um, in, in a reasonable amount of time. So, Say they do hit, you know, a, a play action off of this with Audric Estime. I think again, you see these tight ends run some sort of scissor concept um, underneath, and then what you're asking your outside guys to do um, is is maybe get this guy on a streak up the sideline. And I, I think if they want to run cover four, how you negate that is you you try to get a one on one matchup as much as possible. Um, even though that, that, you know, with cover four, there's, there's a chance of multiple safeties kind of being over the top, but that was kind of the success Youngstown state and Western Kentucky had is don't allow that second guy to come over and help. And so that's what I mean by trying to make it more so a one-on-one concept. What areas of the field can you get into where, yes, there's technically two guys, but by the time the ball gets there, that, that second defender can't get there 
um, to help. And so you, you occupy the underneath part of the field. You're running uh, with, them off. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, that's exactly it. You're just running them off, allowing the middle of the field to open up. And then, okay, well, maybe that they do, they, they figure out, you know, how to cover more of this underneath stuff. That's where you look into trying to get, again, some sort of matchup where it's almost one-on-one, um, but it's really not. And I think what you could do in this case, too, is you could bring in this outside wide receiver, um, just a touch, ah, come on, um, just a touch more towards the hash. And the reason why I like doing that in this instance is because it allows this um, wide receiver to, instead of run a streak to the outside, why not have them run a post kind of corner route here, right? And if that DB is kind of tailing off with them, well, if you put that ball in, in just the right spot kind of over here, this second guy is never going to get there, right? And so you still technically can get into like a one-on-one matchup over here. And I think that's where you're going to see if Notre Dame's going to take a shot. This is this is the kind of concept that you're going to see is working away, uh, working towards the sideline, um, and allowing the, the sideline to, you know, basically pen, pen these defenders and get sort of a one-on-one look. I know I keep calling it one-on-one, but you're just doing something to, to make that defensive back, that second defensive back, not have the time to get over top and help. So how do you do that? Well, you run some play action. This guy steps up just a tiny bit, and then you run this kind of post-corner route behind him, and you hope that he never catches up, and, and you get, again, this kind of one-on-one matchup with the DB who's trying to get back to his quarter of the field um, in, in a cover four look. So that is what I, I would expect out of 12 personnel in terms of the passing game. Irish 17 asking if Ohio State will man up in press coverage against Notre Dame. Um, I don't really think so because that's not – I think the only way they get into that is when they start bringing blitzes um, off the edge. I think it, just the basis of the four-two-five defense is you want those, you know, four or five defenders and the ability to kind of manipulate coverage, show different kinds of coverage. Um, and so I think it could be a lot of, you know, what Notre Dame might do to to, to Marvin Harrison Jr., but. The thing about Notre Dame is, is you can't lock in on one guy. That's not their offense, right? Like Sam Hartman is just going to find the open guy. So to me, it's like if you run man and, and you press underneath, that allows for more of a blown coverage because I don't I don't really see no, like Ohio State being too concerned with having an extra defender over top of someone, right? Like if they're going to run man, they're going to run man across the board. They're not going to have, you know, a safety over top um, or whatever it might be. So like, a lot of times their their two safety high look or their their two shell look is, is a lot of what they're going to get into. So it's like, are they running cover two here? Are they going to run cover three here? Are they going to run cover four here? Whatever the difference might be, I think they get into to man again when they start bringing blitzes off the edge, blitzing some of the that fifth you know defensive back, or maybe they work in a linebacker into you know a blitz and get like a five man pressure. Whatever it might be, that's when I think you'll start to see more of that man coverage. Question from David for you. What plays in the first four games do you think Notre Dame could use as a decoy for misdirection? Um, I think that's like, it's, it's, it's hard to like recall all the plays kind of like that. Um, but I know a, a popular strategy and the one that they've used before is coming out 
you know, maybe they come out in a two back look and one of those wide receivers motions out to become, you know, a wide receiver to whatever side of the field it might be. Mm-hmm. I think that's something you can do. Um, but then the, the, I think the easy answer is just getting Chris Tyree in motion somehow. Um, and it's going to be easy because he's going to be that slot wide receiver. So you can bring him in motion and use him as a decoy. You know, maybe that's a jet sweep. Um, maybe that's just to see, you know, how they're rotating or, or how the linebackers um, are, are moving. But I think you can like fake a jet sweep and then still get like a power hand. Like say you were, you know what, the, the best way to do this is just use the board that I have. So give me a second. Um, I'm going to undo some stuff. I'll be quick about this one too. I don't want to take up a lot of time. Um let me delete this, delete this. I tried to slow down my pace today, people. So I hope there was uh, <laughs> a little bit more uh, clarity or, or some relax, relaxness in, in, in me today. Um, so this, again, is if you were going to look at using some misdirection, I think you'd be in the trips, 11 personnel, um, you know, shotgun here. So what that looks like to me in terms of misdirection is um, if you bring Chris Tyree into some sort of motion here, right? And then on the snap of the ball, you, you maybe you fake a jet handoff and he goes this way. Um, and then, again, you pull these both these guards out this way. You basically run back into – because what's going to happen by this jet seep is this guy's going to go this way, this guy's going to go this way, this guy's going to go this way. And you hit like a power run scheme on the backside, hand it off to Audric, and he's got a convoy as these linebackers are naturally wanting to go that way that's that's right. some some sort of uh misdirection like, that i think you could get like into. counter counter tray type you know yeah with- just just using the eyes and speed of chris tyree looking like it's going this way and then hit like yeah a counter or a power you know backside and, and again it gets just kind of everyone flowing one way and then you hit them with the double pulling guard you know back back the other way i think that's more of a misdirection that i would see and then honestly too uh something that just kind of came to mind here a little bit is you know, what if what if you send Chris Tyree in motion, you fake this handoff, uh, you fake this handoff, and then you got Chris Tyree, you know, wheeling up the sideline. Um, you got this guy doing a scissor out here, and now this guy is doing a scissor out here, and then you, f- you know, basically flood out the, the safeties on this other side. I think that's another good concept that you can get into because if you catch these, this, this guy and this guy, you know, with the double handoffs peeking into the backfield, well, then Chris Tyree slips behind you with his speed up the sideline, and that's kind of a home run ball that I would see uh, potentially working as well. All right. Good stuff there. Is that it for the board tonight? That's that's all I got, people. All right. Great stuff. That was a lot of that was a lot of breakdown. We kind of gave you a hard time about uh, you know, a little uh little false start, little hesitation getting to the whiteboards there, but once you <laughs> once you got there, you brought it. So you worked it out. Um, uh, that's that's good stuff. Good I'm telling stuff. you, I was me and Henry were in the in the film lab today. It was it was an early morning, lots of hours, but we were as you have it. watched these first few games. I, there have been a handful of times that I can remember specifically, like things that you've drawn up that have come true. Like, have you seen a lot of things that you've talked about come to fruition on the field? Yeah, and um, you know, it's like. <laughs> The thing about what I do is it's it's one play or two plays compared to like a whole arsenal of what Jared Parker's got going on, right? right? And so 
His whole I'm, call sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going through what I believe is the best matchup, you know, or, or like basically the, the bigger overlying principle of, of what they should get into. And right. I think that the really, the, the cool thing that happened last week is, you know, we talked about flooding out the zone with a lot of those flood routes. Um, and there was one play, I don't know if you remember this specifically, but I told you when you run a lot of those similar flood routes to the same part of the field, you basically make the safety figure out, is he going to step, you know, come down on the intermediate route or is he going to go over top um, and hit and take the, the, the deeper kind of route. And there, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Jason Garrett slowed down the play. It was like a big play towards the goal line and, and, and Sam Hartman made a pass over the middle. Um, and, and it was like 20, 30 yards and it, it was, the wide receiver kind of had to go down and get it. Um, but I remember Jason Garrett basically saying that the safety had to make the decision of, is he going to come down or is he going to go over the top? And he decided to go deep and Sam Hartman put that ball right on the intermediate guy kind of coming underneath. Um, and then in terms of, you know, uh, I can't remember if it was when they were, I think it was when they were playing um, NC State. I told you they needed to keep hitting the outsides and they kept running in, be, you know, in between the tackles and it really wasn't going anywhere. And that's when, you know, Jared Parker came up with that. Uh, what is it like overload? I, I, I always call it the wrong thing and salty gets mad at me, but um, <laughs> there's no salty tonight, but yeah. So it I was, noticed it was that like, you know, it was like, it was an unbalanced kind unbalanced of unbalanced look. Line. Um, yeah. And then, and, and then, and that game too, they, they really started working those tight ends up the seam. And that was another thing. You know, that's that's what opened up that game against NC State was getting those tight ends up the seam and kind of up the sideline, downfield depth. Um, and that's another thing that they started to get into. So I, I do see some of those concepts come into play, and I usually text you um, when they're happening in, <laughs> in live time. So. Yes. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.